you know, 5G brings with it the technologies like CloudLink. If you haven't really invested in, you know, the competence development of the technologies and, and ways of working, you have to develop those skills. Maybe instead of training the whole organization, again, do it stepwise in Kubernetes, in CloudLink, microservices, in CICD. If I don't know where to start, I as a service writer, you know, reach out to us and we'll tell you how different service writers have tackled this opportunity. Welcome to Conversations with Des. I'm your host, Des Blanchfield. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined yet again on the show by Jan Carlson. Now, Jan is the head of Ericsson Digital Services. Jan, great to have you back on the show again. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks uh, Thanks for inviting me, Des. Indeed. Now, well, welcome back to the show. Now, the last time we spoke, you were responsible for a business unit called uh, Business Supports Solutions. And I had the privilege of uh, catching up with you and, and Schuster at the time, in fact. You, uh, you now head up uh, the entire Ericsson Digital Services Group, uh, which, uh, in my view, is probably one of the most innovative business units in the company. I wonder if you could uh, outline uh, what that journey's been like so far and what the transition to the business area's been uh, like for yourself personally, and also, I guess, the transitions the business unit itself has been through. Absolutely. So... We've had uh, our share of challenges in digital services. I think uh, the whole industry is in uh, in a transition. And so we've had uh, to make a few choices and uh, be more important than, than that, execute on those choices. So uh, when I talk about the transition, it's uh, really capitalizing on new ways of working, on new technologies, how to work with open source, how to work with inner source, how to work with cloud native, how to work with automation. And, and um, I think it's really about embracing these technologies and, and ways of working and capitalizing on them as much as possible. So we have a very clear strategy. And the outcome of this uh, transition, transformation, is a, a very strong portfolio. And we're ready uh, to help our customers to, to with their transformation, in particular with 5G. Um, Concrete outcomes as well in, uh, is sequential improvements in our operating margin, in our financial results, and a very strong position in the early wins here in, in 5G. So, of course, what counts here is to, in this transformation of our customers, is to deliver smarter networks so that our customers can generate smarter business. That's kind of the, the tagline of what we're trying to do. Yes. Yeah, I really like what you've outlined there. I mean, the thing that jumps out in is that, you know, what you said, where is it uh, your focus on delivering smarter networks so that your customers can generate smarter businesses? I mean, I'd love you to d- dive into a little more detail of that, what that actually entails because, I, you know, the entire industry across not just telco but enterprise as a whole is having to, as you said, go through a range of digital transformation uh, operationally but also I imagine a telecommunications transformation to sort of come up to speed with what 5G is going to make possible and leverage it. But you know, when, you, when you talk about your focus being on delivering a smarter series of networks or smarter networks, as you said, yeah. so your yeah. customers can generate yeah. smarter businesses, I, maybe just delve into that a little bit more and what does that entail? You bet. So as an industry, we're, we're undergoing a huge change in both technology and ways of working. As an industry, we used to have great software once a year. Uh, now we drop software to our most advanced customers every week or every second week. And you can imagine the enablers that are required to make this happen and to impact the, an operator's agility. 
We're also going from very centralized networks, you know, native and virtual, to decentralized networks across native virtual and, and cloud native workloads. And of course, when you go to more decentralization, you have a, a challenge in that um, these networks need to be managed, you know, across orchestration and assurance. And there's no way that the traditional manual way is, is the way forward. We have to increase the level of automation. We have to move towards something called closed loop automation. Uh, and there are many, many other challenges, increasing the use of AI, increasing the, the level of choice and empowerment for the end customers across both business to consumer and business to business. So real transition and transformation across the industry and definitely, you know, for, for our customers. And we see a, a big difference between operators who are um, have the insight to say, this is where I want to go and who are able to execute on those, uh, on those strategies, putting in place the right capabilities and operators who are lagging behind. And for our customers or service providers, for us, our focus is to provide smarter networks enabling our customers to, to make smarter business. So an example of this is in line with what I just said, is try to increase uh, the level of automation. Um, the complexity of managing networks will go far beyond what a, a human being can, can manage. We have to uh, automate much more. Um, and this is exactly what we do in digital services. So our, our portfolio is uh, a series of, of products across high performance, across automation, across programmability uh, to enable these, uh, these smart networks. Um, and we can see very, very clearly that operators who do these investments can then turn these smarter networks into smarter business. So this is... Uh, I hope that gave you a bit more, a bit more insight. Oh, indeed, and I don't think there's any surprise that uh, in in the world of cloud that we are in now, that the telco space has had to uh, make this transition through both software-defined infrastructure and software-defined networks. The, the days of plugging in RJ11s and RJ45s to enable a service of any form of long gone. And the speed and pace that we're moving at now, and the scale. I mean, I you know I always enjoy reading the mobility report from your team and. It astounds me that you know, Ericsson is an organization worldwide on boards. I think last time I read this, as many as a million new subscribers uh, per day. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you were going to achieve that in a physical sense, you'd have to have a million people plugging things in for a million new subscribers. So I, I think it's a necessity that's had to go through this transition all the way through to the, I guess, the interesting, exciting, new complex types of services that can be built. Um, and all of this is, is even more and more interesting as the 5G race uh, heats up. Uh, I imagine it's going to be really important for telcos to be out in front uh, in this space now because you know, it, there's a phrase that uh, you know, those companies that leverage technologies early uh, often get such a lead on their competitors that competitors never catch exactly. up, right? What do you exactly. see as the, the main difference between the leaders and the laggards in this area? Because I'm, I'm keen to sort of get a sense on, on what the industry as a whole is, is doing in this space. So at the end of the day, it's, it's all about speed, of course, quality security uh, as well, but the, the agility of, of the operators fundamental. And uh, we see three main categories in terms of capabilities that uh, 
the leaders are capitalizing on putting in place and the laggards are you know, falling behind, maybe not realizing the, the, the full value of And they are, of course, technical and they are operational and they are business related. So if I take the technical category first, it's uh, technologies like orchestration. Sounds, I think, uh, quite uh, intuitive what it means. It's really about orchestrating workloads across the network, both centralized and decentralized. It's about something called closed loop automation. It's uh, about API exposure, exposing APIs, your network capabilities to partners, uh, be it direct customers or or uh, ecosystems, you know, developer communities. Um, if I move on to operational capabilities, it's it's to put in place um, CI/CD continuous integration, continuous deployment. It's about putting in place more automation. It's about putting in place uh, capabilities like predictive maintenance so that you can, before an issue becomes a real issue, that you can take corrective measures uh, proactively. On on the business side, and of course, all this goes hand in hand, it's monetize those APIs that your technical department is, is able to expose towards uh, wholesale partners towards those those ecosystems, so developer communities. It's about maybe not just focus on on retail business, but also on, on wholesale business. Open up, you know, different revenue streams in similar way as the uh, you know the web scalers have been working on for, for quite a while. And um, what we're seeing is again. A really big difference between the leaders, how they are not only able to put these capabilities in place, but really monetize them and then differentiate compared to compared to those who are who are falling behind. And you'd be surprised um, how how big the difference is. You would you would expect well, you know, it's not a big difference here between the leader and the lagger, but it, it is actually quite significant. If you just take something like CICD. To put in the CI/CD flow uh, requires investment, requires time. Um, if you want to do it really properly, you know, 12 months, 18 months, and if you have a head start there compared to the competition, you know, you can really capitalize on it uh, significantly because it gives you a different type of agility uh, compared to the others. All these three categories are important for business to consumer, but they are crucial in a business to business uh, context. And we've been speaking as an industry a lot about 5G opening up you know, capability for enterprise. But if you double click on this a little bit more, yes, 5G as a, as a technology uh, enables a new set of use cases, but if you don't invest in these capabilities, you won't be able to to capitalize on 5G. Indeed. Well, we've certainly we've certainly had uh, plenty of data that supports everything uh, that we were talking about there just now. I mean, we've seen this in the retail sector with the likes of uh, a brand effectively taking over the world with what originally was book sales and now everything selling. 
And we've seen that in the in the cloud service provider uh, space with everything from infrastructure and uh, platform as a service. And then, of course, we've seen it in software as a service space with CRMs and, and everything else uh, under the sun there. Uh, so yeah. it, it seems to make sense. It was a natural evolution progression to see telco move into the space. Um, I, I'm keen to get some thoughts around uh, a couple of other areas we'll get into in a minute there. But I was I was interested to hear a couple of things you were saying there because it reminded me of your recent blog post. Um, I think it was titled How to Serve the 5G-Powered Business, and uh, which obviously uh, was linked directly to your recent, uh, I think it was the latest report you just put out, Serving the 5G-Powered Business. And um, all around just looking at how some of the opportunities around CSPs in the enterprise space might be leveraged. Uh, and I believe that you spoke to as many as 1,100 IT executives around the globe and asked them what they wanted from a digitalization partner. What were some of the key things that jumped out at you from that? I think a couple of points. Um, one is, and of course it's not a surprise, is that digitalization is top of mind for enterprises. Um, in the survey, nearly 75% of the, uh, the persons we surveyed uh, think that digitalization is crucial to the future of their business. Not a surprise. I think uh, we've all seen those stats and, and seen real-life examples of, of companies uh, really improving their competitiveness thanks to digitalization. So that's point number one. Point number two is maybe not that, that uh, intuitive. 70% of IT decisions makers would consider working more with service providers. Um, so really kind of the door is opening up. Yes, we are willing to do business with you. What do you have to offer uh, to us? So, you know, bigger opportunity than I think ever before for service providers to really capitalize on this opportunity. And I, you know, a couple of examples here. Um, if you, um, how well do you know the SD WAN market? Oh, uh, does our, our audience uh, is very uh, savvy in it, and I live and breathe it every day. But uh, so, give us give us the gory detail. Yeah, no. So four or five years ago, six years ago, SD WAN was very much a, a do-it-yourself approach. The enterprise would would buy from vendor A, B, C, and, and put together a solution, combine it with security. And, and according to um, what we understand, uh, more or less now, we've passed a threshold where 50% of uh, the SD-WAN solutions are no longer bought in a kind of do-it-yourself mode, but bought, in, bought through a service provider. Uh, meaning that there is a, a real recognition here from the enterprise community, enterprise market, that service providers can play a role uh, in such a service. Another example is uh, something called private networks or dedicated networks. Uh, private LT, it has, it has different names, where we see uh, an increasing momentum than ever before in enterprises saying, yes, you service provider, you can provide a solution to me. You're probably better able to put this together for me and maybe even run it for me than me building this on my own. So real shift in the market and, and if anything, uh, an increasing momentum in, 
especially for the leaders then in capitalizing on this opportunity. Is it the case as a, 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 I guess, a, a maturity curve that people have now reached where, as you said just now, at some point uh, early on uh, through necessity, enterprises were building their own custom and, and bespoke solutions, but just through uh, a market maturity uh, to follow and meet that demand, uh, service providers have recognised there's a demand for a service and, and created it or configured it and made it available and price pointed it. Now we've got, uh, as part of that maturity curve uh, growth, organisations have now become comfortable at, as you said, and they want to buy it as a service. So you know, once upon a time, to, to get a phone line, you had to run a pole and put a couple of copper wires and put it in your house and potentially share it. These days, uh, you don't even do that. It's just all cellular. Uh, is it the case that we're now at the point on this maturity curve that both that, I guess, the, the capacity to deliver the service is there, and it's also now met with a comfort level within the consumers that the, this this meeting point, as you said, is is the time is right now to buy this as a service, but also is it backed by the fact that organisations want to focus on their core business and they don't want to really be phone companies anymore themselves through necessity? Yeah. I think it's all of the above. I think it's a maturing technology. Uh, so SD1 is not uh, you know, four or five years ago, um, the innovators, the pioneers were capitalising on it, but now it's really becoming mainstream. But I think very much also coupled to... Um, the leaders' um, capabilities to um, have a portal where enterprise customers can can really be empowered yeah. and, and decide on their own. You know what uh, what kind of firewall, uh, what kind of capabilities do I do I want the, the service provider to deliver? I think it's also not just giving that portal that empowerment, but also provide the service fast. It's a time to customer, uh, not in you know, months, but more in, in uh, days and, uh, and if required weeks. Uh, it's about the whole managed aspect, not just provide an initial solution, but also life cycle management uh, that make sure that patches, updates are, are provided. So it's really, you know, uh, like you said at the end there, my core business is probably not... Uh, to create, design a network and, and, and run it. Maybe there's somebody else who's able to do it in a, in a better way for me. And this is really where the, the service providers have that have that opportunity. So a real shift, I could say. Yeah. You know, it's fifty percent kind of the cap. I think you know it's going to go beyond this. Uh, I think service providers have a, an opportunity to really kind of take over you know, the SDN market compared to this do-it-yourself approach. Indeed, I think the the key thing that came for me out of that was that the self service capacity is a big driver now, and we've seen yeah. that we've seen that in in I guess the traditional cloud space where, you know, as, as you said, you know, you go to web portal, you you punch in some details after you register. Uh, I think the biggest hiccup there is verifying your email, and uh, by clicking a link, the next thing you can start plugging in a credit card and stand up virtual machines and use services. And, and telcos have now met that demand, and, and obviously everyone from uh, senior executives down to technology people and developers just want to click on a button and activate a service. And we've seen it in the consumer space where I, I don't have to go and talk to anybody anymore to get a mobile phone. I just order online, and it gets couriered to me, and I just plug in the SIM, and it works. And, and obviously the, the market's matured now that these things can be done through a web portal and self-serviced. Um, one thing that really jumped out at me when I was um, going through the, the data in this, and particularly just reading the survey as a whole, was that 
I was surprised by the level of 5G awareness amongst the business users and consumers, and, and, and particularly that it was found to be surprisingly low. Um, what do you think some of the CSPs out there can do to bridge this gap, uh, uh, both from, uh, I guess, awareness and, uh, uh, you know, get companies to be uh, capable of leveraging 5G? Yeah, um, super good question. I think we, again, as an industry, have done a, a mistake and, and maybe focusing a bit too much on that G. And that G is is uh, probably more powerful in a business-to-consumer context. Um Oh, I have a faster speed. Um, you know, I don't think a consumer necessarily knows what latency is and, and uh, you know, ultra low uh, X, Y, Z. Um, so it's really to put this into context for the enterprises. What can I use this technology for? Capitalize on this automation, capitalize on privacy security capitalize on much better, you know, much more precise positioning. And um, I think it's also very much about which role do I, as a service provider, I specifically, which role will I take given, you know, where I am and where I want to go, how my market looks, how my competitors look, what am I going to uh, to focus on? And here you see um, an enormous differentiation between the uh, service providers, uh, even in, in uh, specific countries. And there are four recommendations we uh, are making uh, to the service providers. One is start taking a position now. Don't wait. Yeah, 5G standalone might be launched in 6, 12, 18 months, depending on your priorities. But you can take a position now. If I take SD-WAN again, it's happening now. Like I said, 50% of the market is already going down the service provider's route. What are you waiting for to capitalize on that, on that opportunity? Number two, focus on the business value. Don't focus on the, on the technology. Focus on the use cases that you can provide to those uh, enterprise customers. Um, Three, um, you know, build, I think, an awareness of, of what 5G brings uh, for those use cases. Reliability, privacy, security, positioning. It's not just about, you know, the speed. It, there's so much more. And again, if I take the SD-WAN example, today, as you know, most SD-WANs are, are delivered uh, over fixed with 4G maybe being a fallback because uh, it doesn't really have the, you know, the speed and the quality that is required for, for such an important service. With 5G, that changes. And, and you can then think, wow, of course it changes, not only for static uh, connections, but also when you, when you put this in a, in a mobility perspective, what can I do? How, what opportunities can be unlocked by capitalizing on 5G together with SD-WAN, together with security, together with orchestration, together with assurance? What kind of capabilities can I then, then provide? And fourth recommendation is take a stepwise approach. Don't boil the ocean. Don't go for those 
mega super complex cases stepwise. Uh, this is what the enterprise customers want. And this is definitely a, a lower risk uh, approach. Don't go for, again, complex risk transformations. Try to take things uh, one step at a time. So those are four recommendations uh, that I would add. Like. No, they're very, very good advice. Uh, uh, and uh, absolutely, I wholeheartedly agree. Avoid moonshots where possible because uh, uh, we've seen in human history how well that worked out for mankind. We haven't been back to the moon for a long time. Uh, I, I did like your um, uh, your thoughts around just uh, you know iterative sensible steps as well because I, I think um, when you made the comment around just focusing on outcomes and not the technology and, and you know you're absolutely correct that we've been focusing so much on this you know five G being the next G uh, but it isn't just another G in any sense of the term and um, I think at the end of the day organisations have been so inundated with the 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 sort of the view that this five G is some sort of magical uh, uh, thing that um, that they're a little bit lost as to what it actually means, as opposed to thinking about well, what business outcomes can I drive in it? Yeah, I, I did. I liked in your blog you made a couple of points. I'm just going to highlight uh, before my next question. You highlighted a couple of things around the drivers and constraints of digitization. I'm just going to highlight them for listeners. Firstly, you said key drivers uh, that were worth highlighting were competitive pressure and shifting expectations, and I thought they were very very poignant. You also highlight a couple of constraints around just business value and organizational acceptance. I think when people read your blog and, and, uh, and also the, uh, the, the paper itself around the data and survey, they're going to underpin exactly what you're just talking about. And that is that from an organizational point of view, there's a lot of competitive pressure out there to differentiate. And consumers yeah. have just got this, you know, consumers are constantly shifting their expectations as they want in whether it's a celebrity experience as an end user or, or a B2B space or expecting that self-service. I think they were great call-outs. Um, just a quick uh, follow-up on that previous point, though, uh, with regard to um, what you found in the survey and um, particularly around the awareness on 5G. It's one thing to say that the B2B consumers might have a low awareness on it. Do you think service providers have still got a bit of work to do around their awareness of, of, of the capabilities of what 5G can offer as far as business outcomes go? Because you know, a number of, of operators and, and carriers around the world that I speak to regularly, um, I'm constantly surprised that even though they're implementing solutions, sometimes they, there's a bit of a knowledge gap in what they are doing as the, 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 the telco and carrier technology space versus the industries that they're servicing, whether it's pharmaceutical or educational health or, or banking and finance and insurance. Do you think there's a, a bit of work to be done there still uh, as far as just uh, the awareness goes? Yeah, no, in, absolutely. And, and I think a um, couple of examples on that. If I, if I speak to an average you know, telco in whatever country uh, and I say SD1, they say, okay, um, <laughs> don't know too much. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. That. No, no, so, I know, imagine. It's like the deer it, in the headlights. It's, uh, yeah, so, but then you, there are the leaders who know full well what it is. They have a fixed business. They've been doing enterprise for many, many years. They know what MPLS is and that MPLS is now transitioning into, into something else. And so I think the, um, you know, we, we talk so much about what is that killer use case? What is that? And, and I really don't think we should we should focus on we should focus on you know what are those fundamental capabilities that need to put in place in order to maybe allow others to innovate maybe 
the key thing is to expose APIs to ecosystems and, and allow that ecosystem to to drive innovation based on their knowledge about the particular vertical or a particular piece of the, of the value chain. So we are we are trying to, for sure, emphasize the opportunity, but we're also trying to balance that with what kind of capabilities need to be put in place in order to capitalize on that opportunity. But there is no shortcut. No. There's no no magic, okay, done. No. This requires, you know, very clear choices and, and a very good execution. And if server providers, you know, put this in place, then they can capitalize on that opportunity. So yeah, it's, it's very much about education, about the um, working hand-in-hand together with the service providers and and, and showing best practices and and, uh, helping them on this uh, transition, if that makes sense. Indeed, and and I think it goes back to the previous point we were talking about with regard to market maturity. I think talking to a few uh, uh, carriers recently, one said to me, well, once upon a time, we were a phone company. Now we are a banking and finance service provider with telecommunications capability, and we're focusing on the industry because it's a growth space for us. And uh, they were getting completely out of consumer. And it reminds me of sort of the pivot that we've seen with the likes of, uh, you know, MarTech uh, changing marketing and FinTech changing financial services. And instead of just being a bank, they are specifically focused on key verticals that are growth opportunities. I think the telco industry is going through that. Th- there was an interesting yeah. comment you made in your blog, and I made a note of it because it stood out to me. Uh, in your blog, you commented something to the effect, and I'm going to paraphrase it here, uh, digitalization waits for no one and certainly not in 5G. Uh, I, I forget exactly what you said of that now, but I made a note of it. Um, I'd love you to kind of uh, just expand on that if you wouldn't mind. You bet. So very simply put, digitalization is happening today. It's not tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. It's happening today. Two, the solutions don't have to be complicated. Don't try to boil the ocean. Go for a stepwise approach with maybe simpler, more off-the-shelf solutions uh, to start with. And three, 5G capabilities, at least in our opinion, maybe not we're 100% subjective here, but uh, we're 100% objective, but we think that 5G capabilities can be a natural part of the enterprises, actually should be, a natural part of an enterprise's digitalization. And back to what I just said and we chatted about, it's really about not focusing just on the lab, on those technical capabilities, but take a balanced approach across technical capabilities, operational capabilities, and business capabilities. If you do this in a balanced way, in a stepwise approach, you have a really good opportunity to generate significant benefits. No, I like that. You, you had another line. I was just scanning it now because I, I was remiss of not having the, the blog open, but I just had a look in the, uh, as a spoiler alert, and I apologize for anyone that might be uh, peeved by this, but the, the final line really grabbed me. You said, uh, I'm going to quote you exactly here, the era of 5G powered businesses here. Explore your path in industry digitalization and take your position now. And I think that underpins, that's almost, I mean, I'd love to see that in the back of your business card. That's a fantastic one-liner. It should be printed on the fridges in every office around the world. Uh, Because to your point, you've been making here uh, consistently through this conversation that uh, both the service providers are going to have to go through a growth and maturity and awareness curve to figure out what industry they want to target. I don't think we can be everything to everyone. 
And at the same time, organizations, in my view, should be focusing on their core business. If they're a bank, be a bank. If they're an airline, be an airline. And, and stop trying to be a phone company and build their own uh, wide area networks and telecommunication services and find the right partner and, 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 and leverage those strengths. Um, one last question, if I could, because I know uh, we're coming up to the time, uh, uh, but um, if I was going to get you to do a little bit of crystal ball gazing, and, and I love doing this, if I hand you a virtual crystal ball as a, just a, a final wrap-up question, um, there are two things that strike me out in the, in the market now when I'm talking to people. Um, one is that this view that 5G is coming has sort of frustrated people. They know 5G is here, uh, and many of us have got 5G-enabled phones, and we go to different parts around the world, and it shows up the 5G logo. Uh, so this idea that 5G is coming is one of those sort of misnomers. I think people know that 5G is here. We just got to see it deployed in various regions. Um, and the second thing is around the challenge of skilling up and, and that preparedness uh, from human resources, finding people in their organization, training them up or hiring new people with the right skills. Uh, I'd love to get your view on kind of where we're going in these areas in the next 12 to 18 months, particularly in the skill space, because I think a lot of organizations are struggling to come to grips with you know, is 5G here? Well, I'd love, I'd love to hear whether you think it is or not as far as just, you know, readiness as a service. And, and what sort of things should organizations be doing, even just in the skills capability prepared? Because I think like many big transitional technologies, you know, 5G is no different to sort of, you know, getting ready for cybersecurity and IoT and a range of other big transitional shifts as you saw with cloud and uh, big data and analytics and data science. It's another capability they need in the organization just to be able to have the conversation with the carriers. Over the next 12 to 18 months, what are the big things in these spaces do you think are coming over the horizon that people should be talking about now and preparing for? Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll divide the question into, into two. One is uh, what, I, uh, what I see coming and, and uh, the other one in line with those, those competences here that, that need to be developed. So what I see coming is I see 5G being deployed uh, widely. Uh, across non-standalone and, and standalone, and, and you know what is standalone essentially. If there's one takeaway that enables you to do this slicing, network slicing, in, in such a better way compared to what you can do uh, today or with 5G uh, non-standalone. So 5G being deployed wider, um, we saw 4G being deployed faster than 3G. I think 5G will be deployed. Uh, even faster compared to compared to 4G, and we will see the leaders showing the way, being an inspiration to all of us. So, what can be done, and uh, other service providers, oh, follow the leader. Why can't we do? Why shouldn't we do the same as as they do? Two, I see a faster digitalization of industries. We see some. Um, auto manufacturers uh, going all in with a connected car, all in. Uh, I don't want to name them, but but there's one that says by default we will have it in our cars, and others say yeah it's an optional capability. It's nice to have. Let's see when we go uh, uh, with a wider approach. So I think we'll see a faster digitalization of industries across the different verticals. And third, maybe it's subjective here, is uh, I see Ericsson really being a, a leader in, in 5G, meaning that we are selected as the partner for uh, by our service provider customers uh, on this transformation journey. On the second part then of the question, competences, uh, 
you know, 5G brings with it, especially in the core, uh, technologies like cloud native. And uh, if you haven't really invested in, uh, you know, the competence development uh, of uh, the technologies and, and ways of working that that come now with, with 5G standalone, this is such a call for action. You have there's, this is not uh, an option anymore. You have to develop those skills. Um, maybe instead of training the whole organization again, do it stepwise with that team first and then that team. But uh, the um, it's not anymore um, an option. I have to develop my competences in in. Uh, in Kubernetes, in cloud native, in microservices, in CI/CD, because that's how 5G standalone in the core is being deployed. Um, and of course, you know, the recommendation: if if I don't know where to start, I as a service provider, you know, reach out to us, and we'll tell you how different service service providers have tackled this opportunity. Those are some some closing words here for me. No, I appreciate that. And, and I think uh, the, the, the key thing that I want listeners to, to really uh, take home with them is that, uh, uh, you know, now's the time to reach out to the team, either uh, Ericsson directly or an Ericsson partner and have that conversation. Because uh, the key thing that's really struck me from this is if they don't act now, then somebody will. And, and it may be one of the competitors and they're not going to be happy about that. And also for yeah. folk who are tuned in, uh, definitely jump on online and, and use your favorite search tool. And uh, the report itself is called Serving the 5G Powered Business uh, Insights for Service Providers to Capture the Enterprise Digitalization Opportunity. Fantastic read. Uh, and certainly uh, jump online and follow Jan Carlson on LinkedIn and social media platforms of your choice and, uh, and, and read the latest blog. Some great insights there. And Jan, as always, it's been fantastic to spend some time with you, and I really appreciate the insights you've just shared. And uh, congratulations on putting this new uh, piece of research and survey and report out. And uh, I'm sure we'll get some fantastic feedback from folk who have got a lot of big questions to throw at us online and uh, have your team uh, engage with them on the various digital platforms. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on the show again soon. Thanks a lot, Des, for the opportunity.